The Our Global God podcast wishes to thank the following sponsor for their support of the mission of One Plus God Ministries. Contact Liberty Chiropractic for all your health and wellness needs. They specialize in chiropractic adjustments and nutrition response testing, utilizing standard process products. Call 937-465-2500 to set up your appointments. One Plus God Ministries makes it possible for any individual, group, or church to go on a global short-term missions trip. You say when, where, and what you want to do, and they make it happen. Locally, they also do retreats for business people, men, women, families, and couples. This nonprofit has a missions heart and wants missions to be a part of your life every day, everywhere. The host of this series, Our Global God, is Vinan DeVitt, also known as Pastor Wayne, director and founder of One Plus God. Friends of One Plus God, thank you so much for joining us with these podcasts, Our Global God. And I'm so excited to have with me in the studio today, Anneli Janse van Rensburg, all the way from South Africa. We truly serve a global God. Tell me, Anneli, the God in um, South Africa, is he different than the God that you are experiencing while you are traveling here through America? Or is it kind of the same God? No, it's exactly the same God, not kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you caught that. I I threw that intentionally in there and um, I wanted to say, well, I guess not kind of exactly. And you caught that. You're you're one clever woman. Um, So um, my name is uh, Wayne DeVitt um, with Wantless God Ministries. And um, we do trips and we do retreats. So we have every November and every February couples retreats. We have men's retreats. We have... um, business retreats, family retreats, women's retreats. Anneli, you're having a women's retreat here, right, at some point? Yes, early um, December. Yeah. In December in, in Amish country. And so that sounds so cool. I, I know you you ladies are going to have an awesome time. Our mm-hmm. men's retreats are usually in Hocking Hills from around the fall. And so and you, you can join us on some short-term trips. One Plus God also do trips to Israel, to Turkey. Today we are we are in Turkey. We're actually in Western Turkey in these um, this series that we are doing. Uh, we already looked at the Church of Sardis and Laodicea and Smyrna and today we're looking at Philadelphia and um, so seven letters that's been written to be seven churches by by our Lord and um, and then we also do short-term trips and one of the countries that we go to is South Africa. Anneli, you have shared in some of the previous sessions that you have ministry to children that that's a big part of what what you do and there's some sport ministry and prison ministry involved as well and uh, but but then you also just have like church services, right? Yes. And so t- tell us a little bit about that. Um, how does that work? And summarize in like three minutes, <laughs> how did the church develop in 27 years? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and tell me something that you think is very distinctly different about church service style in a typically African church setting than America. <laughs> okay. So yes, um, the first church that I planted with the grace of God and um, was in the first area I worked with. After the time of fast, God showed me that he wanted the church and that in itself um, uh, is a wonderful testimony to his miracles. So you showed up at first day with your sermon right and you're ready to <laughs> preach and how many people showed up? Zero. 
<laughs> zero. Did, did you guys hear that? And, and then did you, so, so you went like, well, I guess this failed and you quit, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to. But, <laughs> but, that's but. important to hear, right? That because that's how we feel, you know, mm. um, we, we want to quit when that happens, right? But when God told you to do this, th then I guess you need to try it again. And yeah. so you tried it again. So you have the next yes. Sunday. And zero people show up again. But, so. but you used the same sermon then the first time, right? No, God said I must make a new sermon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because he already heard that one, right? <laughs> he <laughs> was guess. there. He I listened. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so I a guess new he didn't sermon, want to. Hmm? Second Sunday, how many people showed up again? Zero. Zero. And this continued for how long? Three months. For three months. Yet, people started to show up. Yes. Today there's three churches, three months, three. three months of zero attendance. Today there's three churches. Well, so yeah. Um, well, what a faithful God on yeah. a day, right? Yeah. So yes. three churches, three months, nobody show up, go preach every Sunday. So it is so important that we don't quit too soon, right? Yes. So important. Yeah. So three churches. 27 years, what is different about a church service on a Sunday in Africa than here? I think if I um, must make it very philosophical, <laughs> the, first, the first thing is that Africans see time very differently than what we do. Oh, yes. So it was uh, very strange when um, I attended the first wedding of two black people that we waited for three hours for the bride. So by that time, I was ready to leave and go home. Um, <laughs> three hours you Three wait. hours, yeah, we waited. And um, I was supposed to conduct the, the ceremony. And um, But in any case, so just talking to a few people and the, the my biggest concern was that I was the only one concerned with the fact that this bride is three hours late. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I realized there must be something else or maybe... My date was, uh, the time was written incorrectly on my invitation. <laughs> but then I spoke to the people and they say, this is the time for the groom and the bride. It is not your time. Wow. Yeah. So, girl, if you have to sit for three hours <laughs> and wait for the bride, <laughs> so be it. Wow. And that have an influence on the way they have services. Because I think it, it will really be taken up very wrong if you demand that the service be finished in one hour. Because it is your, not your time. This is the bride of Christ's time. Wow. So therefore, How if, if you... If you worship for an hour mm. and the Holy Spirit nudges that MC to, or somebody, I mean, everybody um, starts to sing. It's a whole different kind of way of worship. Mm. Somebody else feels this song in their heart and then they do sing it. And you need to be careful not to be agitated by that or becoming impatient because it's God's time. Mm. Um, so the Sunday is set apart for that. So the other thing is that we have plastic chairs, 
it can become hot because it is not a air-conditioned room, a cement floor, I don't know if you call it cement, yeah. mm-hmm. and the tin roof. Again, uh, so most no of central the heating no or cooling. Se- yeah, <laughs> you you take a, a face cloth uh, <laughs> with um, while you preach, and um, yeah, uh, well, talking about being <laughs> being on fire for the Lord has has really uh, gave me a new meaning uh, when 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 you preach in the middle of summer in that place. But in any case, um, so yeah. Um, uh, I think Wayne who have experienced that and people who have came to South Africa, I think one of the things that stays with them is the services. Right, right. And do you agree with me, Anneli, that, you know, and nothing against instruments, nothing against sound systems. We are using the sound system right now (laughs) for God's glory. So nothing against it, for sure not. Just different but um, our African brothers definitely don't need either instruments or sound systems to worship no, right no no they they and they use their whole body correct um, they move around um, so not only even on one spot moving they yeah. literally could move yeah. throughout the the entire space That's of it. the building yeah. right I while think, worshiping yeah I think one of the ways and that we it's sort of a tribal thing for a more prominent in some tribes but um storytelling is very active in the african culture so you know they will make that you know when they talk about the giraffe um walking um so when we sing walk in the light my brother come walk with me you cannot just, just stand crazy on one spot and walk. To say, to say that and stand <laughs> and on one walk. spot and not walk. Right. So, yeah, it's to do with, with how we perceive time and how we perceive talking. Yeah. And, yeah. Anneli, we are actually already talking about the church in Philadelphia. It is amazing how, and friends, I hope that you've been excited about this with, with Anneli and me, how the messages that had come to these churches through John serving these seven churches in the ancient Asia Minor or the current Western Turkey. Now, these messages to these churches truly come alive in our midst today. And what I mean, only by you have actually already started to explain the meaning of the message to the church in Philadelphia as we were speaking is this. Um, Philadelphia was a friends, small, poor, little church. Uh, They they were denounced by members of the local synagogue, the Jews that did not acknowledge Jesus Christ as Messiah, you know, wanted nothing to do with them, so they're being pushed out by them. Um, And um, they get encouraged by Jesus, sharing with them that he has the key to, to another building, <laughs> a far greater one, one that he can give him access to, and he's going to place in front of him a door that cannot be shut. So he says, I'm holding the key, the key of David, I'm holding the key to, to the place that truly matters. You've been kicked out of the synagogue, you've been kicked get out of this earthly place of worship where the people say you are heretics because you put Jesus first. Um, but but I have the key to, to heaven, right? And um, in Revelation 3 verse 7, Jesus says, what I open, no one can shut. And, and what he shuts, 
no one can open. So he says, I know your deeds. And again, we have shared that that's encouraging and, and, and a little, little scary mm -hmm. because it also means that Jesus knows how the bad stuff that we are busy with. But, but an encouragement when we are a small struggling church, that's an encouragement when he knows that. And, and with many of the churches, he says, you're doing this right, you're doing this wrong, correct this, and then I'll bless you in this way. And the church in Smyrna and the church in Philadelphia has nothing bad that's being shared with him. It's like, you are getting it right. Um, and not perhaps not always, but at this snapshot in time, when I look at you, Smyrna, when I look at you, Philadelphia, you are getting it right. And so he looks at them, he says, because you're getting it right, I'm going to bless you. How am I going to bless you, small, poor, little church that you think would not, could not, should not be able to accomplish much? How am I going to encourage you? I'm going to bless you with a ton of food. I'm going to make things super comfortable for you. I'm going to have someone donate a fantastic building for you guys. I am just going to, you are going to be dandy and fantastic year right where you are at. That's not how he blesses me. No. He says how I'm going to bless you, tiny, small, poor, struggling church. I'm going to make you a missions church. I'm going to broaden your territory. I'm going to force you to get out and reach out. Not only when you're strong, not only when you have a big building, not only when you can speak the language, not only when you, when you have enough time, not only when you're the same color as these people, the same culture as these people, can speak the same language as these people, not only then am I going to encourage you to step out. No, now while you're a small, struggling, you know, denounced group of people, this is how I'm going to bless you. <laughs> He's like, Lord, really? Is that an encouragement? I'm going to bless you. Verse 8, listen to this, friends. I'm going to bless you in this way. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I know that you have little strength. <laughs> you have little strength. Yet you have been keeping my word. You have not denied my name. You know what it means to stand up for me. And so Philadelphia, friends, was also a great military and trade center. They, they functioned kind of as the port to the ancient east. So it opened up numerous opportunities for this church who don't deny the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, how I'm going to bless you with little strength, tiny little church. I'm going to put in front of you an open door that no one can. I'm going to make you tiny little church that nobody thinks can do anything, can accomplish much. Everybody looks down at, we are the big fancy synagogue. Oh, and there's this tiny little church. They call mm. themselves a church, but you know what? You know, not sure if they're really a church down the street. And Jesus Jesus says, I'm going to bless you by opening up a mission store that I want you mm. to walk through. Only if you think back on your life, 27 years in ministry, from when it started to today, you know, have you experienced this message, 2,000 year old message, to still be true today? Have you experienced that even when you are of little strength, you know, don't think you can mount up too much? that God does this to us even today, place in front of us open doors. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Um, I first want to 
start off by saying that I struggled myself a lot to make sure that we are a congregation or a ministry like Philadelphia, like Smyrna, where we we don't find that that God will not find anything wrong. That that I will not be the cause of spiritual embarrassment. Mm. And then I saw a movie, and um, I want to say also that you know God speaks in ways that people will understand that. And for that day, it made such a big impact in in how I perceive things. So. I want, first of all, that you will notice that he's, he doesn't judge according to human standards. Right. So what we see as a perfect church or a perfect ministry. In every letter we see that, right? Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that when your heart is close to mine, if God speaks, the ministry is, is okay. Mm. So we are doing our best I truly love the people. The people truly love those who they serve. And then because the spinach is not growing like it's supposed to grow doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the ministry, with the church. When we experience that things go wrong, we should not see it as that there's something wrong in the ministry. So I just wanted to yes. to, to bring that off my chest that... Every day where you serve a person with the heart of Christ, with being his hands and feet, is a godly day. And Amen. then and that makes it the church that, that Christ are pleased with yes. and that, that can work. So open doors, yes, definitely. But I I must say I, I have also experienced that he will open the door if he knows that you've got the ability to go through that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, and therefore, it's so so necessary to to really um, focus your mind on everything that is good and and the kingdom of God, and have the boldness to dare to go through that open door. But in my personal life or in the ministry, I was thirty seven um, when I got married again, and um, then realized soon after that I am pregnant, and that was definitely not. A part of the plan that I had for my life, mm. so I sort of ignored the fact that I think that at that stage I thought I'm pregnant. So yeah, four months later I decided I think it's time to go to the doctor to confirm this pregnancy. <laughs> so uh, I remember the doctor saying, "We're not going to start with blood works. We are going to do a sonar immediately because I do think that you are pregnant." <laughs> but in any case, um, that was not part of my plan but Mm. it was definitely part of the door that God was busy opening Mm. so then Natasha my youngest were born in horrible circumstances in the government hospital that is in a very bad condition and um, I remember when I went into the theater for for labor that um, I first had to ask them to wash the place where the previous lady gave birth and then also in the wards um, treated with very, very little respect. And I mean, I can handle it, but it was even worse for me to see 
how other people are treated. You know, they come from the delivery room and they have the bag of uh, the drip on their heads because mm. they don't have, you know, it, it's just so humiliating. But so in any case... the fluids that's supposed to be, be in that hook of that IV. little pipe with yeah. the wheels. It's so that's not existing. No, so they just put it well, on their heads. Well. So and so the difference between private and government-run hospitals would be private hospital would be people that have enough money to pay yes. for medical insurance yes and government would be you know um, run through taxes but because of a lot of corruption and so on these hospitals are often in terrible states yes. right and and the majority of the people actually yes. use the the state yeah i the, would say 80 percent of the people yeah. in south africa okay. relies on that but so in just any wanted case to give that little bit of context yes there. so in any case um my ministry started in one part and called Pine Ridge, and then um, new. So church number one had been planted. Yeah. And and you're hoping to branch out into the second area to plant church number two. So it's yes. in that time period, yeah. right? Yeah. So so the the new area, the houses has just been built, mm-hmm. and so before you go into an area, you need to find the chief. Right. Um, and then to go and speak to them and asking them permission to work in that area, mm. which is called Clarinet. And I went and it was a lady and she was very hostile uh, um, in the meeting and didn't want to give me permission to start working there. And then it came to be that somebody else asked me a question and I said, yes, my youngest was also born in in Whitbank hospital which is the the government hospital and um she didn't believe me because at that stage it was really only black people going to that hospital mm. and i just want to interrupt myself here at that stage people um like Wayne was still there in south africa they wanted to raise funds for me to go to the private hospital um, in order for me to give birth to Natasha there. But um, because God was busy opening this door, he made sure that um, I go into labor before this plan was put into action. So I had to go to the government hospital. Mm. But in any case, so back to the chief. And then um, I said she was born there and she didn't believe me, but she went and and check it out. And she discovered that it is true what I say that I really has been through this experience and that opened her heart um, and that opened the door. Um, the door was set before me that we could go there. So through this pregnancy that I that was not part of my plan, through going through a bit of hardship. Mm. So what I want to say here is the doors that Christ opened can definitely not be shut. But you must have eyes to see the doors because they yes. can look, um, they may not look, look like, like doors. Yeah, they may look like suffering. Yeah. They may, may, they may you know, and, and that's why I said, Anneli, you know, the first door actually opened up when, 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 when a place opened up, you know, if I remember correctly, it was in a school, the first church yes. plant, right, where you started. Yeah. Um, a Hindu school, right? That's Not it. a Christian yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that place opened up. So the door opened up, but it's a Hindu school, yes. right? And um, and you show up and you preach and, and, and nobody shows up for three months, you know? So the open door, you know, yeah, definitely 
didn't look like yeah, that a door. Does, doesn't look like a door, mm. but it is, yeah. right? And then the second one with with, Nata- with um, Natasha's birth in this hospital where, where so many other people go through these terrible things, and yet it's an open door. <laughs> and, and so that's why I said, you know, while you are sharing about these churches, you're actually sharing about the text. And, and so the message to Philadelphia is still the message to the church today. Yes. And even still today, God places open doors yes. in front of us. Don't think you need to wait until you, you know, you've done all these courses, your church is big enough, your budget is strong enough, you know, because God wants us to find the lost. And, and this church, you know, remember, right, no negative things about them. So, so God must definitely be very pleased when we are able to see these open doors, even though they might look more like suffering or persecution, uh, but they are a door and it is open and you have the, um, yeah, the boldness, the faith and the open spiritual eyes to see that. And then God says, man, I will bless that. And one of the incredible blessings that he shares with this church, he says, if you stay faithful, this is what, what I'm going to do. First thing, verse 12, I'm going to make you a pillar um, in heaven. <laughs> and and this, this is not a big deal for us, but for the church in Philadelphia, that area struggled with a ton of earthquakes. And their buildings continue to, f- to fall apart. I remember walking in Philadelphia, and um, I don't know, we're sitting in a room here with Anneli where this recording is being done, and I guess it's about, I still struggle with feet and meters, mm. Anneli, but this is roughly about nine by nine feet or something like that, I guess. You know, and, and these pillars would be this size or bigger. Wow. Because of the earthquakes. Yes. And, and so, so, so God connects with us always in a way that we can understand, Instant. right? Yes. And, and he says, this is how I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you this big pillar with no earthquake, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so for them, it made like, wow, God is like going to super bless us. And then, he, and then he also says, and I thought you could speak about this a little bit and end the session with us with your thoughts on this, Anneli. He says, I'm going to write on you three names, the names of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God, and I will also write on him my new name. Anneli, what does this stir in your heart when you hear this blessing that's on, on, our, on our path, right? Because we realize that the, this letter definitely still applies to the church of today. Therefore, the blessings also still apply to the church yes. of today. Who is the church? It's us, you know, listening to this right now today, right? Mm. Yeah, I think um, it will definitely be something that maybe teenagers will understand more. But if we are honest about um, this, it, it, it's also for us that brands make a different mm. difference. So, and I think if I'm dead scared of getting a tattoo, but in <laughs> any case, if, if he says that he will write his name on me, mm. And I can be the like brand. A, like a modern day tattoo. Like <laughs> yes, a, you yes. are being branded. <laughs> yes. I, I so, hope it's not like, like a cow gets branded. You know, oh, like. <laughs> they will have to catch me first. But in any case. The, the hot the, iron. <laughs> this, um, mm. this will just be amazing mm. to be branded mm. by God. Mm-hmm. With God's name. Wow. With the name of Jerusalem. With the name of, of Jesus Christ. And then 
first of all, everybody knows a certain brand, so I don't want to do free advertising for anything. But to to say that um, I'm going to to have this specific name, I know that my grandchild uh, Robin can't read yet. But she can read the M of a very famous <laughs> <laughs> restaurant. Uh, restaurant, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We, 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 they're not, they're not very famous. In, they're not big in America at all. This, this M thing. <laughs> this M thing. So, so I think if if a name is written on you, it means that you have been chosen to be the logo of that place. Oh well. You have been chosen to represent that so so the moment that that i am good enough to be the logo for christ mm. i would be super proud mm. i would oh, yes. be um proud in him humble that he would have chosen me and therefore i think branding in this sense for like philadelphia meant that they were good enough to be the logo for god Only when when you say it like that, it makes me think of Paul, the Apostle Paul, that says, you know, God is making his appeal through us, right? Yes. When you, you know, walk away with your your little packet of stuff that you bought and it has that big M on it. I mean, everybody knows, right? What what are you going to have for lunch, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so that restaurant is making their appeal through yes. through you at that yes. moment right yes. Yes. and so wow we are carrying his name and he's making his appeal through us mm. friends i don't think it gets more special than that may you be blessed i do hope that you would have a moment to visit oneplusgod.org and um, you want to know more about Anneli and the ministry through movement you can find that go to get involved and then go to featured ministries you'll find ministry through movement there you can donate through the website to Annalise ministry as well and continue to make a difference uh, globally as well and um, Annalise thank you so much for joining us may may God's favor be upon ministry through movement thank you may God's name be on ministry mm. through movement may God's name be on you precious listener friend of one plus God may you be blessed and may you see the open door in your life in front of you and may you have the courage to walk through that as God wills and to his honor and his glory have a wonderful day thank you contact one plus god ministries at oneplusgod.org to reserve your trip attend a retreat or invite pastor wayne as a speaker oneplusgod.org the rise of him podcast network